0: you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: I just want to talk about identity today, and, and the reason is because you know we're, we're, there, there's a statistic out there that I personally don't like. And it's the January 17th statistic when it pertains to New Year's resolutions. Does anybody know? Uh, does anybody know that 65 percent of people are going to do something by January 17th after they set their New Year's resolutions? Who wants to take a guess? They're going to do something. They're going to what? Quit. Give up. Stop. Fail. They're gonna quit the statistics so it's about 65% the last I read 65% so over half of people will have given up on their New Year's resolution by January 17th. Think about that that's just over two weeks. Think about how fast two weeks goes in your life. Think about that. okay gone New Year's resolution out the window down the drain, back to our old identity. See, there's there's three phases to actually making an identity shift. And I learned this from quite a few mentors of mine. And it's the whole be, do, have framework. Be, do, have essentially means that we think we can have things before we become the person that can have those things. And we're sold this through marketing messages we're sold this through what we see on facebook ads we're sold this through the you know the 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 coaching community where people convince us that we can have something without deserving having that thing like for example there's people online who historically would promise this myth of a 4 hour work week right and tim ferris when he when he actually wrote the book the 4 hour work week uh it was it, it the book was a completely different title. The reason he titled the book The Four Hour Work Week was because he actually did marketing research and he put out all these different title ideas. And the, the original book title for the four-hour work week. Someone press the unmute button and say yes if you've read the book, The Four-Hour Work Week, or heard of it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So Super popular book and, and nothing against it. That book changed my life. That book got me to quit my job. That book got me to learn how to, you know, embrace coaching as a business model and, and information products as a business model. And it, and it inspired thousands and thousands of people. But I bring this up because it also convinced people of an outcome that they didn't deserve. So the be, do, have framework is is understanding that you should never start when you're entering a new year or a new resolution for yourself, you should never start a year thinking about what you want to have until you have first thought about who you must become. I'll say that again. As we enter 2022, we should not be thinking about what we want to have before we have thought about who we must become. Can I get some whoo's? So, so I bring that up just because, because identity is uh, identity is the actual, it's the actual baseline of a human being, Right. So, we know this with our diet, we know this with our relationships, we know this with every area of our lives, with our business, whatever our status quo is, whatever our thermostat, as Ed Milet said when I interviewed him, he said that we all have this thermostat within us, and we always will come back down to that thermostat. So, somebody's thermostat is a 70 degree, great. Some days you may operate at a 73, 75, Maybe you'll operate at a 90 degree one day. But if your thermostat 70, what does the thermostat in the house do, right? It'll bring it'll bring you back down to status quo. Some cold air could blow in and it'll bring the house back to that status quo. Right. So the hardest thing actually think through is who must I become? In order to deserve the things that I want to have, I want to have freedom. I want to have great relationships. I want to have financial well-being. I want to have all of these amazing things in my life. I want, you know, the four hour work week even. Like the only people I've ever seen that have accomplished their outcomes is when they first have become the person who deserves to accomplish those outcomes. So the be do have framework starts with be, but there's a middle passage point, which is do. So look at the word do as the bridge between being and having. I'll say that again. Be, do, have, right? Look at the doing as the bridge between who you must become and what you want to have. So let's say that we work from, you know, all of these things that we want to have, right? And we and we backtrack and we say, okay, I want to be, I, I want to become X type of person in my life, in my health, in my wealth, in my relationships, in my spiritual, in my connection with God, etc. Right? I want to become this type of person. Well, the doing is the is is the bridge between being and having. So therefore, what you do is actually going to make or break your 2022. So what happens with doing throughout your life as you do things, it either reinforces your existing identity or it shatters your existing identity slowly in a good way. I'm not saying like a bad a bad thing to shatter your identity. I believe everyone should be going through identity crises at least every three months. If if not, you're not growing fast enough. You're not progressing fast enough. If you don't have to question your belief, your belief systems around business, around relationships, you're just you're not expanding fast enough. Right. So doing comes down to what you actually do throughout the day. And, you know, there is no additional time granted to any human beings on planet Earth. No matter what you think, no matter what I think, no matter what anyone thinks, there is no excuse ever. I don't have time. There's no excuse, right? We all know that we all have the equal amount of time. So so it's it's certainly, certainly, certainly not that you don't have time. I know that for sure. So we can cancel that right off the list as to why you can't reach your goals. Can I get a true? Can can someone unmute and say true? True. 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 Okay, so I'll give you guys another example. You know, I give, let's say someone's trying out for a huge actor role. I was just, uh, hanging out with uh, Eli Wilhide, who's one of the top sales reps for Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, um, the top sales rep. He, I mean, uh, not sales rep, but he sells from stage. And he's sold almost, I think, $100 million from stage, which is crazy. And he was an actor. He, he was actually chosen to play Superman. Um, not surprising when you see him. I mean, he's like looks like a gladiator. Um, and you know, he was actually casted to play Superman. And because he had some some big problems occur in his life, he wasn't able to actually play the part. And he had to give it to someone else um for, for the role. I forget it's a famous actor, but I don't really watch movies. So um I'm the names escaping me. Um But regardless, he told me this thing over the weekend. And he said, and it just stuck with me. And he said, you can give an actor a script. And how do they audition people? Everyone thinks they need the script. Okay, like if I just had the exact process of my competitor, if I just had a sales script, or if I just had a template or an exact step by step way to accomplish my goals, then that would solve my that that would allow me to reach my goals. Right. But when you look at an audition for an acting role, I mean, everyone has the same script. Every single person who auditions for an acting role is is handed the same script in most cases. So it's actually, it's not actually what you do per se. It's who you are while you're doing it. So the actor, right? Think about this. The actor that wins the part for, 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 you know, you know, a, a huge movie. They, they said the same words. They spent the same amount of time as the other people who read the script as the other actors they're competing against. But one actor gets chosen. Let's say 30, 40 actors try for the part. One actor gets chosen. What was the difference? Well, it's all of the unseen forces. Right. It's all of the things that aren't there on the surface of the script. So we can go watch motivational videos and say, I'm going to learn how to grow my business this year. I'm going to learn how to increase my income. I'm going to learn how to get in shape. I'm going to I'm going to get the exact perfect step by step process. Right. But if you aren't carrying out that process with the energy, the beliefs and the identity, most importantly, of the person who's already accomplished what you intend to have, you will go back to your old identity at some point. That's why we give up. That's why we give up on our New Year's resolution, 65% of people by January 17th. That's why we give up. So I need everyone to just close your eyes for a minute. Or if you're driving, don't do that, please. And just take a quick second and, and, and think what, what are the characteristics of the 2022 you? So just take a quick moment and think through this. Who is that person? What are the characteristics? What are the habits? What are the beliefs? Most importantly, what are the beliefs of the 2022 version of you? Think through that. What do you see? What what time is that person waking up? How is that person handling adversity throughout the year? Is every is every adversity a surprise for that person? Or do you expect adversity when it comes up? How do you treat other people? How do you not treat other people? What are your beliefs around money? What does the 2022 you believe about money? Do you believe that money is scarce? And if you get more money, that the people around you will become more poor? Or do you believe that if you get rich, someone unmute and say, get rich. Get Get rich. rich. Get rich. rich. Get rich. Let me get one more person to say, get rich, get rich, get rich, get rich, baby, get rich. <laughs> okay. Do you believe that if you get rich, other people around you will also likely get rich? Yes.
0: Birds of yes. a feather. Absolutely. Birds absolutely. A feather. Yes.
1: yes. Company you keep Locked together. No. Okay. So what are the beliefs? Yeah, you just gotta get crystal clear. I mean, it's okay if you believe that you getting rich means other people are, are gonna be more, you know, not well off, it's okay to be aware of your beliefs. It's not okay to expect change from yourself operating with the wrong beliefs. So the question, so like, do you, do you believe that it's your money or do you believe it's other people's money? Because it's it's not your money. It, it, it never is your money. OK, it's other people's money that you are just holding for temporary. It's 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 money is just a captured energy form. It's to be used, right? So so again, I'm asking this from the perspective of what are your beliefs around money? What are your beliefs around relationships? Do you believe that in order to succeed in your business, all of your relationships have to suffer? If so, you're going to get that. That will be your operating compass throughout 2022. Do you believe that your current environment makes it, quote, unquote, hard for you to work out for some reason or to eat at a calorie deficit so you can actually lose weight? There's gotta be a belief down there, right? Or do you believe that if my health improves, so will my business and so will my relationships? See, there are people out there that literally like, that go for all of these areas at the same time. I'm just here to just open the hood on that. (laughs) There are people who get really healthy, get their relationships in check, and get their business in check all at the same time. It's not a it's not it's not like I have to give up completely everything else in my life in order to succeed in one other area. Right? So it all comes down to your compass. So the question becomes: how do we actually create the identity shift of the person we have to become in 2022? Well, there's actually a method. I call it the billionaire brain rewiring tool, which I have in uh, my, I, I think we're going to upload it to my tool stack, which is in my bio um, tools.smbteam.com. But it, it's this four step tool that I created when I was looking over my own life. And cause I had been through, you know, I've been through therapy in the past. Um, I've been through tons of coaches. I spend 400 grand a year on coaches. And and I tried to break down, like, what is the actual? What is the actual method, the four step process to rewiring your beliefs? And I created this tool to scratch my own itch. And the tool is. uh, Basically goes like this. First, it starts with a current reality. So as I learned from uh, Tony Robbins, who have been learning a lot uh, vicariously about, through Eli Wilhide, who I'm now really close friends with, who's his top sales guy, who works directly with Tony. Um, you know, he always says, uh, the, the first step is to embrace your current reality, right? So, don't sugarcoat it, as, as Tony Robbins says. Don't sugarcoat Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Okay, don't say I'm slightly overweight. Say I'm fat. Right? Don't say uh, i I am struggling in my relationship, say I'm lonely and feel isolated. Like say the most extreme version and most real version of your reality, because that's going to wake up your brain. Someone press the unmute and say, wake up. Wake Wake up. Wake up. Wake up! Wake up. Wake, Wake up. Wake up. Wake up brain. Wakey, wakey. One of the best ways to wake up is to just state your current reality. Okay. Instead of saying I'm unhappy, if you're depressed, say I'm depressed. Okay, I remember when I when I experienced anxiety in my life, I remember how avoidant I was was about admitting I have anxiety. I created all these reasons in my head why it was probably because of this thing in my life and this, ju- and it's gotta be just temporary it's got, It's not a temporary thing. Okay. It's not a temporary thing. If you're experiencing it for a year or two years, same thing with being overweight. It's not, it's not this, you, you are being delusional with yourself. Do I have everyone's permission? Yes. To be completely like raw with you right now. yes, yes. 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 absolutely. Yes. Okay. See, delusion feels good. It feels good to say I'm a little overweight because. But progress does not come from feeling good. Progress comes from feeling bad and doing something to change it. So feel bad. Embrace that emotion. And then go do something. Someone unmute and say, "Do, something. Do, do, so, do something. something. do something. Do something. Do something." Now, so the first step is current reality. Label it. Label it. Very important psychological technique. <clears throat> when you have not labeled your current reality, it's hard to it's hard to de- detach from it. So the next step, the step two of the billionaire brain rewiring tool is you have to, you have to actually determine what is the bad belief attached to the current reality. Okay. There must be a bad, if you, if your current reality is bad, there is a belief just as bad sitting next to it. If your current reality, if, if you're overweight, if your relationships are suffering, if your business is suffering, if your spirituality or, or connection with God is suffering, there is a belief, aside, side right, right sitting right next to that current reality. So the question is, what is that belief? Okay, so give you some some examples here. But I mean, it it, it, you know, it's certainly I'm overweight, okay, I'm fat, if you wanted to phrase it that way, right? I'm fat, because I have a belief that says, I am perhaps unable to track my calories because I'm too busy. I'm unable to, I'm unable to eat less food than I burn off throughout the day. I'm unable to exercise because I see a lot of people, you know, use multiple different things. The more, the more sold you are, the more sold you are on this belief, the more likely it's a bad belief. It's a disempowering, it's a limiting belief. Your business, okay? I see so many people flatline at, you know, under the $1 million mark in their business. I mean, just the statistics are crazy, crazy. And there's a belief attached to that. There's a belief there's a belief attached to the fact that your business isn't growing or your finances aren't growing. Most of it's around what you believe you deserve. If you you own your own business, it's because you are anticipating complexity. You believe that having twice the team or twice the clients or twice the revenue is going to make your head spin off. There's a belief that causes that current reality. So as we've scaled our business, my belief is that growth is a minimum requirement. Like if someone were to, you know, uh, you know, basically threaten to punch me in the face unless I answered really quickly, what is the one belief that caused me to build now an 11 million dollar business in 4 years in gross revenue per year? How? With you know, 35 full-time or well, now forty full-time W two employees. How did that happen? What is the what is the number one belief? I will tell you the number one belief. Does anyone want to hear? Yes. Can I get a force? yes? Yes. Yes. Are you sure? I can just move on. Yes. Yes. What is the number one belief? All right. 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 Growth is a minimum requirement. That's the number one belief. That is the number one belief and I have beliefs behind that belief to reinforce that belief because it's the number one belief around everything. So when I start, when I created the plan for my business in an Excel spreadsheet and said, I want to do $256 million per year by the end of 2026. I didn't do that thinking that was like a stretch goal or like a thinking exercise to make me juiced up. Woohoo. I'm juiced up. No, I did that because my family went bankrupt in 2008 because my dad didn't do that. My dad was every year just rolling the dice, running his business, asking himself when tax season came, was it a good year? Was it a bad year? That's how he ran his business. And businesses like that will be wiped out when this next recession comes, which is coming, by the way, just to kind of, you know, <laughs> remind us that there, there is going to be a economic contraction coming. Okay, the businesses that aren't actually serious about their goals will be the ones that are the most threatened. So now is the time to put the pedal to the metal, okay? But that's a whole separate conversation. But the point is this. Growth is a minimum requirement is a belief that everything in nature is either growing or dying. And the businesses that grow the fastest, typically, they have some form of a product market fit, meaning the product that they're offering matches with the needs of the market that they serve, right? If my business isn't growing, if it's like pulling teeth, to generate revenue for my business, there could be A, A, could be the problem could be I, I have no sales skills, or B could be it's the wrong business model, wrong product, wrong industry, wrong geographic area, wrong team. Right? But we don't want to change those things because that takes a lot of you know, uncomfortable con- confrontation of emotion. The faster you can say, now I'm not going to curse on here, but Tim Grover would, if he was on here, who uh, who I met actually in an elevator a few weeks ago at an event, he was really cool. Um, he would say, I picked up. But I'm going to say, I screwed up. Screwed up. The faster you can say, I screwed up. The faster you'll improve. I screwed up. That's That's good. good. Thank you for screwing up and admitting it, because now we can improve. So when I started my business, we we were doing pay per click management, meaning we were we were managing Google advertising campaigns for lawyers. Every coach I had said, choose one niche, go really really specific, just do pay-per-click advertising for lawyers. And after my first 18, 24 months of doing that, I realized it was really hard to keep clients in that business model. Because I found out later that pay-per-click advertising services is the lowest client retention service within a marketing agency. And that the businesses that we serve need a full service solution. They need us to do their website, their SEO and their Google ads and PPC and Facebook ads all under one umbrella. So instead of me saying, well, that's what I like. I like Google ads. And, and that's true. I did what you are passionate about. Doesn't fricking matter to the market. You could be passionate about underwater basket weaving. If there is no demand for what you are passionate about, it doesn't matter. A lot of people build their their lives around their personal preferences. That's pretty selfish. So step aside from your personal preferences for a second and ask yourself, how can I, do some of my personal preferences but more importantly how can i create something that the market actually wants (laughs) can i can i create the personal preference to actually serve something to my clients that they really want and need let's make that my personal preference i'll tell you this you'll be a lot happier building a business around what people actually need than you will trying to shove whatever you're passionate about down their throat. So I had this 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 dilemma in my business where I had the question, do I want to keep doing this one niche? And I decided, no, that's where we pioneered our, you know, now I think it's four million dollar recurring revenue coaching business, which is spawned out of nowhere because the market wanted it. And our full service part of our business now spawned out of nowhere. And as soon as I made these pivots, we went from, you know, a $2.6 million company to an $11 million per year company in like, in almost no time. Because we gave the market what they wanted. So you have to be open minded. To whether you entered business, as in this example, with the right assumptions. Chances are you didn't. 9.9 times out of 10, you entered business with the wrong core assumptions about your business. The marketplace will whip you into place if you let it, or it'll just keep whipping you. Okay, so that's the second step of the billionaire belief rewiring tool. So the first step is identify your current reality. The second step is identify the bad belief that is associated with that, right? Then you have to turn that bad belief, this is the third step, turn the bad belief into an empowering belief. So take whatever it is that you believe about your current reality and flip it on its head. So think about this, right? Take whatever it is you believe about your current reality. That's your that's your that would be your uh, limiting belief, and we want to turn that into an empowering belief. So the empowering belief could be, you know, let's say I I believe because I have kids that's why I can't get my health in check that would be an example of a disempowering belief so an empowering belief would be because I have kids I must be a role model for them I must live as long as possible to see them graduate high school or graduate college or grad you know start their first business I has to be there for them. I must. Someone press the unmute and say must. 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 I must. Does anyone see how the same thing you used as an excuse is literally can be can be directly used as the exact precise reasons to accomplish your goals? Isn't that insane? Can I get a yes? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Right. I, I, I have kids. That's why I can't work out. I have kids. That's why I must work out. They're watching my every move. Do I want to train them how to be obese? Do I want to train them how to eat fast food? Do I want to train them how to sleep in every morning and not work out and not keep my personal commitments? Okay. So another example of a disempowering belief could be around your finances. Like we just said, well, uh, maybe you believe that $100,000 a year is enough to get by. Now, notice that limiting belief, that's not really that painful. It's a simple limiting belief. Simple. 100 grand hundred grand a year you know I can it's good comfortable it's all good right so that that limiting belief attached to the reason why your income is not increasing or let's cut that in half 50 grand a year is, is cool all good all good well that is the limiting belief that is precisely holding you back is the complacency around your targets around your financial targets in this example. So what would be an empowering belief? <laughs> now this is funny because the empowering belief could be framed negatively. 100 grand a year, I'm broke. That's actually an empowering belief. That's going to get you off your butt and increase your income. Right. So an empowering belief doesn't have to be positive. Actually. It can be negative, it can be framed negatively. Like I'm just being extreme here, but I refuse to die before my kid graduates college. Well, is that a disempowering belief? Uh. Uh, not if it gets you in the gym and gets you to lose weight and gets you in the best shape of your life for the rest of your life because of that belief. Whatever wakes you up, someone press the unmute and say, wake up! Wake Wake up! up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! up. Think someone's either cooking eggs or in the shower. Um, But, Guys, we have to find our own ways to wake ourselves up. And then the fourth step of the billionaire brain rewiring tool, step one, current reality, identify your current reality, label it. Step two, identify bad belief, the bad belief attached to that current reality. Step three is create empowering belief. And then this is where the rubber hits the road. Step four, quality question. Quality question. The way you rapidly hardwire positive beliefs into your brain is anytime that current reality or bad belief comes up, you replace it with a quality question. This is literally how you rewire your brain to think new thoughts by asking quality questions. So a quality question could be something along the lines of, how can I work out with my kids? Right. Or how can I, or uh, uh, what can I do right now to get closer to $200,000 a year or $2 million a year or blah, 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 blah. that any time that limiting belief pops up you train your brain to ask a quality question 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 question. now if you've ever read books on habit formation okay there's there's the atomic habits book by James Clear who we will probably be interviewing soon on our show um, there's the book by Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit. There's all these books written on the science of how habits are formed. Pretty important for us to know. Because habits are the ways through which you consistently do things. More important than habits is beliefs. More important than beliefs is how you see yourself. That's why the number one difference between the Olympic gold medalists and the rest of the Olympic competitors is visualization. They did studies on this. Visual Visualizing the, the, the new you is, is more important than the belief exercise that just brought you through. And the belief exercise that just brought you through is more important than habits, but they're all way more important than just stumbling into your day, right? They're all very important. But if there was like decimal points between them, That's how I would rank them. But the habits thing is super important, too. There's a three-step process through which we accumulate and create habits in our lives. Q, C-U-E, Q, routine, reward. Q, routine, reward. That's how habits are formed. So what does that mean? Okay. Well, I'll give you a quick example of this. So, Q routine reward and the inside. So, Q routine reward is what happens on the outside, but on the inside, there is a craving. There is a what? Press the spacebar, press the uh, unmute. Craving. 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 There's a craving. Okay. So, if you crave. Relief at the end of the week, Okay. the cue could be I step into my house and I don't have clear plans for my weekend, I'm a little stressed, I crave relief, what are some different options that you could choose? I crave relief at the end of the week. The cue is I walk into my house and I don't have clear plans for my weekend. Okay, well, that would be the cue and the craving. Now, there's a couple choices for what routine you could choose in that moment. We can either choose to call a friend. We could choose to have intimate one-on-one time with our spouse and really connect with them. Or we could choose to binge drink alcohol. Now, notice, or we could go choose to exercise. Think about that. What if every time we craved relief in our lives, we changed the routine from veg out and watch Netflix to just walk, start walking to the gym. No plan, just start walking to the gym or just drive to the gym or just pick up the phone and call someone you love. See, the reward is the same. The reward of that sense of relief is the same. You just chose a different routine. Let's do another example. Throughout the day, you crave a break throughout the day. So the cue is um, you sit in front of your computer. Now, this is very interesting. They've done studies on this, but you open your email inbox and it overwhelms you for a quick second. And you crave a break, a mental break. So you're craving a break. That's your internal desire. And the external cue is I open up my email inbox or The cue could be I have a thousand tabs open on my computer and it quickly, in a microsecond, overwhelms me. I crave a break and the cue is I open my inbox. Couple different routine choices cue, routine, reward. Well, I want a break. Okay. I want a feeling of relaxation. Okay. So the routine A I could choose is to go, you know, Shut the, shut the laptop and go meditate for five minutes. Go get recentered. Go take a five-minute nap. Get my brain recharged. That could be another routine. You could do some breathing exercises. You could go hydrate yourself. Or you could go binge eat food. Which is how a lot of people get overweight. Snacking throughout the day when you're craving a quick escape. But it tastes it. so good, Bill. It tastes so good. <laughs> so you got to choose your routines with discipline. Okay, crave stimulation throughout the day. Okay. So think about this. I crave stimulation throughout the day. I feel tired. Same thing. So I don't crave relief in this example throughout the day. I crave stimulation. I want to be energized. Okay. Again, I could do a breathing exercise. I could meditate. I could, you know, talk to an exciting friend of mine that I love and just call them for five minutes throughout the day. Right. Or, I could go smoke a cigarette and go binge drink coffee. I crave distraction throughout the day. Okay. Let's say the routine is I have my phone. I I impulsively, I'm, I'm sorry, the cue, cue, routine reward. The way you form habits is by becoming aware of your cues, and your cravings, and then changing the routine that you do after it. I'll say that again. The way you change habits in your life is by becoming aware of the cue, the trigger, and the craving, the internal craving of what you actually want. Cue and craving awareness, and then change the routine. Crave distraction. Okay, so I'm craving a little escape, distraction throughout the day. The cue could be I just I have an impulse randomly throughout the day to just grab my phone randomly, just because just I'm attached to it. And that cue could cause the routine of going and mindlessly binging through social media or YouTube without intention. Okay. The, the routine could be anything. It could be to play a game on your phone. It could be to do just stuff that has nothing to do with your goals. Or again, you could take an intentional break, which I teach. There's actually a seven-step process to taking intentional breaks, which I don't have time to go into. But most of this, these cravings are because we live in a different society now with how much virtual work we do how much time we spend in front of false lighting on screens most of this crap is because our brains are strung out from artificial light all day it's like it's like literally like you know just like clapping loud symbols in our brain from a cellular level when we have artificial light in front of our eyes all day So we think we feel tired, but really our brain is just fatigued from staring at artificial light for four hours. So closing your eyes is the best thing to do in that scenario, not binge social media or binge YouTube because it makes you feel more stimulated. No, it actually, that's what makes you more tired throughout the day, and that's what makes you crash later in the day. Is when you keep stimulating, keep stimulating, keep stimulating, because we're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we gotta be motivated. We gotta work twenty-four-seven. No, that's not how billionaires work. Billionaires protect their energy at all costs. So the same thing happens in business. This is why the way you do one thing is the way you do everything in your life.